0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Rejuvenation Health Radio on BlogTalkRadio.com. The show is brought to you by LipoLite Naples, and your hosts are Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron. We are your station for everything natural. We are your station for information about slimming, shaping, and toning. We not only want you to live longer, we want you to have more life in those years. So without further ado, let's get on with today's show.
2: Good afternoon, everyone. For those of you in southwest Florida and all over the country and all over in Europe and Puerto Rico, where we have lots of listeners, Welcome to Rejuvenations Health Radio here on Block Talk Radio with Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron. Our call-in number is 347-989-8899, 347-989-8899. This show is brought to you by uh, Lipolite Naples, which is your center for slimming, shaping, and toning. We also have functional medicine, Dr. Ron's tremendous chiropractic abilities, and lots of other techniques that he will go into. But we welcome you, we thank you, and uh, we have a great guest calling in today, Dr. Jamie Weaver, Uh, we'll introduce her in a few minutes. She is the latest addition to the Joint Replacement Institute. She is fantastic, and as a disclaimer, I will tell you she has treated both my wife and my mother for fractured ankles, so that's how much we think of Dr. Weaver. So, ladies and gentlemen, a bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere until you change it. So let's have, let's be positive. Let's uh, get on with our lives. Let's be thankful for all we have, and let's have some gratitude. Uh, with that, I want to introduce Dr. Ron down in the Naples uh, office where he broadcasts, and I broadcast from the Bonita Springs office. So, Dr. Ron, how are you?
3: Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Good, doing good. Good to be back. Uh great that uh, thankful that uh, Doctor Weaver was willing to come back on. I know we have a few of our repeat guests coming up that we just got some word of too, so that was great to have people come back on the show, spread some uh some new news about different uh different areas of health and wellness and medicine. So uh we always appreciate that for sure. I know our listeners uh probably enjoy hearing a different voice on uh rejuvenations talk radio once in a while as well. Uh, things are good. Um, usual things in, in uh the North Naples Clinic. You know, usually uh on this show we, we kinda kick off our client visits actually a little later on a on a Thursday, so one o'clock hour is uh is our kind of busy time. Of course I broadcast from uh, the office itself and uh you know o- overall we're really just kind of moving and looking at technology there's some new things again as usual on the horizon that we're taking uh taking a look at too always excited to bring uh bring new technology and techniques in so that's uh that's something i'm uh focusing on is where we're going to shape and turn as we move move toward uh you know into the new year of 2016 but but not the rush uh rush things but there's just some great things on the forefront and with Dr. Weaver coming on, the fact that, uh, you know, she works in, in partnership with Dr. Curtis Biggs, uh, you know, dealing with joint replacements and things. We're doing uh, a whole lot more with the, uh, the knee joint pain and neuropathy issues, which I'll ask her some uh, some thoughts about. And uh, that's been a good addition because so many people are suffering. And with her addressing the feet, as we talked about a few weeks ago, being the foundation, uh, it'll be a perfect tie-in to some of the things we've discussed on the musculoskeletal realm. So, you know, we covered lots of topics. I've asked everyone, you know, to like both Lipolite Naples and Rejuvenation's Chiropractic. If you take a moment and like us on actually Google+, Plus, it's a extra review that you do. Uh, liking us, I guess, is more essential on Facebook. But uh, doing a Google Plus review is uh, really important, helps spread the word. So it only takes a few moments, very simple to do. So keep that in mind. And, uh, you know, we focus each week on the basics. We try to throw some real basic concepts out there when it comes to health and wellness, not only nutritionally, but looking at things uh, to maintain good health as far as the exterior of the body. Because, again, not just, uh, you know, looking well, but feeling well and tying those two components, the exterior and the interior, through good proper nutrition and food management monitoring that weight and that belly fat that leads to the whole host of conditions we talk about each and every week. Uh, my father and I pointing out, you know, the the real simplest of things, which we've talked to almost every week on uh, issues of the chemical sweeteners and pesticides and herbicides and hormonal replacements and injections into our food sources and food, food chain and drinking water. So just really uh, revisiting those things that, that people sometimes hesitate to take seriously that can make uh, huge changes. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my open is just, uh, you know, we've been excited to kind of, bring things to a core level and do some overview about iodine. Uh, We have some recapping with Dr. Uh, Gillian coming on for thyroid, which has been long, long overdue. It's it's such a chronic disease in this country. Uh, Revisiting some of the basic things we use in fitness and bodybuilding and weight loss, like the uh, amino acid arginine and uh, adding in the medium chain triglyceride oils as just game changers and fun things to implement into your shakes and your everyday program. And uh, getting back with Dr. Kalish here shortly, too, on the three body systems. The one I want to focus on coming up uh, is the gastrointestinal system and, of course, dealing with hormone and detoxification. Uh, But today we're going to be getting into the stinky feet. So uh, it's going to be great to have uh, Dr. Weaver back on and uh, pass it back to my father. And then we'll fire away and we'll uh, get down to the, the foundation, which is your feet.
2: So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, here we are at Rejuvenations Health Radio, 347-989-8899. And our main office is uh, in Naples at 1575 Pine Ridge Road in the Mission Square Shopping Plaza. The phone number there is 239-331-5886. 239-331-5886. And a plug for our website, LipoLightNaples.com, and that's light with L-I-G-H-T. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, contrary, you know, we talk about high-intensity workouts, and as you don't have to really spend a lot of time in the gym anymore. Uh, but you know, what can you really accomplish in two minutes? You can't even boil an egg. That'll set you back about five minutes. But we've got a uh, slick two-minute trick that can add years to your life with almost no effort. Uh, So pick up an hourglass, ladies and gentlemen, even one from the dollar store will do and flip it over anytime you're parked in the chair. You know, we talked about jelly in your your belly now we're going to talk about meat on the seat. So whether you're watching TV, surfing the internet or hard at work at a desk job, keep one eye trained on that hourglass and when the sand runs out, get up and walk around for two minutes. I don't care if it's around the room, around the block. All that matters is that you get up and walk two minutes every hour. Your meat is stuck to a seat because new research shows that all the exercise, that's all you really need. This study was done at the University of Utah School of Medicine that tracked 3,200 volunteers for three years and found those engaged in two minutes of light intensity activity each hour, Lowered their risk of dying by 33%. Ladies and gentlemen, that brief walk is enough to undo the metabolic damage that takes place every time you're in uh, what we'll call the park mode, the damage that leads to heart disease, diabetes, and even death. Studies show that simply throwing in a workout at the end of the day, I'm sorry to say, Dr. Ron, that just uh, this study didn't show that's going to undo the damage. You could sweat and strain and grunt for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, even an hour in the gym, but none of it, according to this study, will make a bit of difference if you're sitting the rest of the day. But that two-minute walk can do what all that exercise can't. The new study shows that taking that two-minute stroll for every hour spent seated will slash your risk of early demise by a third. And if you have kidney disease, it'll slash you by 41%. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, two minutes, uh, an hour, uh, could add up to 400 calories, but that's not the real thing here. That's barely a meal. It's not the calories that work. It's something far more important. When you sit, your blood starts to pool, and your metabolism slows to a crawl. The longer you sit, the bigger the damage. And that, in turn, leads to problems with hormone regulation and insulin. And have we talked about those two problems this past year? So standing up, walking around, even for two minutes, it hits the reset button. It rewinds your metabolism and gets your blood flowing again. So if you want to prevent disease, if you want to extend your life, uh, forget about running and forget about the gym. If you... uh, And forget about counting calories. Just stand up and stroll around instead. Walking tall, two minutes at a time. Study after study has shown that you cannot keep your meat on that seat and be healthy. So that is my medical moment of the day. My medical thought for you is to make sure you stay active. And as a uh, medical school professor told me 60 years ago, running water doesn't freeze. You must keep active, and everything that's coming to pass now is proving that Dr. Hobart Ryman, the prof- my medical professor who actually came up with a diagnosis of viral pneumonia, was completely right on the money. So, Dr. Ron, you must get up and walk around, but I know you do. I know you have a very active lifestyle, but uh, so you do both. You stay active, and you go to the gym, but if you had to do only one thing, ladies and gentlemen get off your seat, and walk around for two minutes every hour. So uh, about 15 minutes after the hour, we will have Dr. Jamie Weaver on the show. She has uh, been on the program before and fielded lots of questions related to feet and ankles. Uh, So we uh, will send it back to Dr. Ron before we get Dr. Weaver on the show. Dr. Ron.
3: Yeah, we had... You know, just uh, prior to, I think we, knowing for sure that Dr. Weaver is coming on, I just had touched base, uh, ironically, about the feet and talking, just uh, throwing numbers around, the, you know, about the age of 50 that people travel somewhere around 75,000 miles, you know, this type of wear and tear. You know, it's no wonder that 8 in 10 Americans experience foot problems. So it's a perfect time to discuss this. Um, you know, and and the, out of these people, it really affects their ability to perform, or or, or makes it unable to it, unable for them to exercise uh, in certain instances due to the uh, the pain they do have in their feet. So, um, and twenty five percent of your bones are located in your foot and ankle. So, I mean, it's uh, something that many people just don't uh, pay a lot of attention to till uh, the foot starts hurting, and then you, you see how important that really is. Just like back pain. Um, many times very much taken for granted, so you have that episode and you realize uh how it can affect uh, almost anything and everything you do from getting dressed to being able to perform your job to even be being motivated and to your energy levels so when you have these type of pains and these problems, you know you need to need to know where to turn so uh, you know getting this information today uh we'll be able to ask some questions to Dr. Weaver maybe about some of the technology that she's employing to to learn about things that can uh Maybe help somewhere along the natural realm, not always a surgical realm. So it'll be good to see what uh, what's on the horizon or what she's been uh, working with and finding some uh, great successes with. So, uh, you know, I think, and I think also looking at one thing we talk about too is you know, and I'll get her opinions on footwear. You know, that sometimes you know when people come into the clinic, it's amazing how many people have shoes on that are just completely worn out. You know, the feet are practically coming through the bottoms so looking at uh you know the importance of of those uh technologies just in footwear because obviously that's transformed uh, you know miraculously through the years and, and maybe what to look for because there's so many different options uh when you go into the store not to mention colors and all that fancy stuff but really the important parts or components to consider uh when looking at shoes and and whether it's a dress shoe or running shoe or if you're like me and you're enjoying some racquetball what type of to consider there, which, uh, again, even for myself, to have a little better understanding of, uh, you know, the different options that you may want to consider depending on your activity levels, just to hopefully minimize the, the risk of injury. And, of course, there's all the other chronic inflammatory states like the rheumatoid issues, the arth- osteoarthritic issues, so you have the autoimmune, the inflammatory components, where people develop abnormalities in the in the actual joints that create problems and limited ranges of motion um, and, and so many other things, of course, you know, calluses and bunions and other components that can become quite pressure point painful. There's just a lot of little things that come up, especially as we get older. And uh, again, as I talk, when we look toward the preventative realm is looking at ways to educate uh, as parents to talk to our children and look at where we can start younger to try and uh, protect you know, the miraculous system we have called the human body. So that's always uh, where I like to take a look too. is where can we, you know, point out and educate to the youth or to the younger individual to, uh, you know, help slow down some of the damage that can occur just from, uh, you know, not taking good a- good action and good care and m- many times just due to, you know, due to lack of knowledge. So that that's some thoughts there about that. I mean, really, um, you know, our feet, take quite a bit of abuse and actually what my father was saying uh on, on the side that we had discussed about sedentary lifestyles and people who have desk jobs well of course if you're sitting behind a desk you may not be uh, up on your feet and putting all the pressure on your feet but of course that leads to a whole host of problems when you talk about neuropathy when you talk about nerve pain and tingling and restless leg foot pains uh, you're limiting that circulatory component when you're sitting. You're stagnant. You're affecting your lymphatic systems relative to detoxification. So we did uh, put a, a good little blurb out there not long ago. I think within the last three weeks we had a whole topic on uh, making sure that a, at a uh, maximum, uh, your sitting is 50 minutes. That so you get up, you know, within that 50 minute time frame and move. Uh, how important that is, not only to take you into a different posture for back pain, but for your circulatory system. Again, move those joints, you know, get that uh, general lymphatic stimulation so you don't uh, develop some other illnesses and effects just from uh, essentially being in a sedentary sedentary lifestyle or posture, even though people consider sitting sometimes to be, or or what they may think to be, a supportive or relaxed position. Uh, There's a lot of variables, and in fact, it's actually quite stressful on the, the lower back area. And, of course, there's the ergonomic considerations of uh, where your computer is, if you're sitting and working on computers. All those other concepts have to be taken into consideration as well. I hear someone dialing in, so maybe we have a surprise so anyway that's uh some things we've covered and uh get i think we're gonna get ready to uh allow i think dr jamie weaver is, uh, is available for us and uh we'll get an introduction get some background on uh you know where where she came from educationally and uh, her focus and uh we have some questions for her. so let's see uh dr so weaver dr. Ryan, why
2: don't we why don't we go to a commercial and I will. I think Dr. Weaver's phone got dropped. I will. Re, I will call her and uh, we'll come back with her. Okay.
3: That sounds perfect.
2: Why don't you take care of that, please?
0: Would you like to lose a dress size? Welcome to Lipolite, the intelligent, non-invasive alternative to liposuction. Lipolite is a revolutionary treatment for body shaping and fat reduction. Over a course of treatment, you can easily expect to drop a dress size. The red light generated by the Lipolite Body Sculpting System safely penetrates your skin and is absorbed by your fat cells. This stimulation opens pores in the fat cells, breaking down its contents, allowing the fat to escape, a process known as lipolysis. Your fat cells will then shrink whilst the excess fat is safely removed by the body's natural metabolic process. All you have to do is lie comfortably on the treatment couch for approximately 20 minutes whilst the light releases the fat from your the body. Your call receptors. has been forwarded to an automated the voice messaging recommended system. Over a four-week Two, for best three, results. nine, you seven, feel seven, seven, three, light zero, to release the fat. After each treatment, exercise is recommended to accelerate the removal of the released fat from your body. These results can be further enhanced and maintained with a sensible diet and exercise program. Lipolite is safe, affordable, and helps to improve your health and well-being for years to come. For more information,
1: please call Lipolite Naples at 239-331-5886. 239-331-5886. That's
3: Lipolite Check out our new website. We uh, did update that, so I just wanted to step in there. It is www.lipolitenaples.com. And uh, let's see if we've gotten uh, reconnected here and see if we have Dr. Dr. Jamie Weaver
1: available. We're sorry.
4: Your call cannot be completed as dialed. Please check the number and dial again or call your operator to help you. This is a recording.
3: all right so let's see what's happening here i know we're having uh i guess difficulty connecting sorry about that interruption and the little dial tones there in the background we're uh, trying to connect up dr weaver is calling from her office here in, in the uh, north naples location uh, where she uh, works with the uh, orthopedic surgeon uh, dr dr curtis biggs at the joint replacement institute and so uh, again we're, we're lucky to have her come online if we can get her Hatched in here, then uh, we can get started dr. Dr. Weaver are you on?
2: Well, I think we're having a problem getting a hold of Dr. Weaver in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we'll continue with the show, and you know we continually talk about uh strength and, and uh training and and your diet. Uh, And it turns out, uh, a recent article showing that a a decreased grip strength may predict the risk for myocardial infarction and stroke. So lack of muscle strength may point to an increased risk of a variety of detrimental outcomes, including cardiovascular and non-cardiovascular strokes. So the current analysis was 140,000 adults from 17 countries and it showed a highly significant inverse uh association between grip strength and all causes of cardiovascular disease, so you know if you're uh losing your strength, if you're not feeling as strong as you think you should, it might be significant for you to uh start training so um uh, ladies and gentlemen uh I see that we have a couple other calls here dr. Ron yes. All right, I'm going to, uh, you're on two lines here, and let me just see who's on the other one. Okay, that one drops. All right, well, I don't see Dr. Weaver, and I have not been able to to call her, so uh, I have some things we can talk about. We can talk about adrenal fatigue. Uh, we can talk about problems with the the, the the feet and ankles if we need to, uh, and I'm sure you have some things uh, prepared t- today also. So with that, uh, let's get our thoughts together. And I was prepared for Dr. Weaver, but we can talk about blood pressure medications, mercury fillings, and obesity, and the microbiome, that really was made famous by our local Dr. Perlmutter, who started talking about the, you know, the 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 bacteria that are necessary for us to live, both in our mouth and in our gut, <laughs> and maybe even in our brain. So uh, maybe we will uh, go uh, in that tangent, and if Dr. Weaver calls in, then we will uh, go ahead and have her on the show. Is that, is that okay with you, Dr. Ron? <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's fine. is that seven seven seven? Is that not her? Did you activate no, that? No, that that's mic?
2: not her. No, that's not her. Uh okay. that's one of our listeners that's just listening and uh that is not her. Okay.
3: okay. Fair
2: enough. I'll I'll yeah, that's... Okay, so okay. that's and where we are. We move. And she she apparently her office is busy too. She may have had a surgical emergency. Uh She actually, she does operate, and uh, she is a surgeon. She has great training from the Kaiser Permanente Group, uh, and she's a distinguished physician uh, in this area with great surgical technique. And occasionally uh, she gets called away on an emergency, and uh, I think that's where, where we are right now. So let me just... From a medical perspective, as you know, Doctor Ron is a chiropractic a physician and a neurology uh, board-certified by chiropractic neurology, and I am the medical physician of this team. And just talking uh, a little bit about blood pressure medication, you know, if you're on it uh, and you're over 70, you're more prone to falling. But let me just talk to you about a combination of pills uh, that that could really put your life in danger. So if you're taking prescription drugs to treat high blood pressure, uh, I want to talk to you about this. A uh, the, the, uh, threat of kidney failure, dialysis, and even a fatal heart rhythm disorder just for, for taking two of the most popular medications on the market. Let me just tell you that if you lived in Paris, London, or Rome, your doctor would have already been alerted uh, to these side effects. In fact, In fact, Doctors and patients all through the European Union, countries, and Canada have already been told that combining an angiotensin uh, blocker along with an angiotensin uh, inhibitor can be deadly, but our government is still refusing to warn doctors here in the United States. And uh, I don't know what they're waiting for. There was a doctor, Franz Mezzarelli, who he spent six years banging his head against the wall, I guess, because... Uh, Dr. Mazzarelli helped found the American Society for Hypertension. He's authored more than 600 scientific papers. He's considered one of the top blood pressure experts in the world. And he can't get his own government to listen to him. Uh, He first proved in 2009 that combining the angiotensin-2 receptor blockers, they're called ARBs, with the angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, called ACEs, can be fatal. And he proved it again in a study published just two years ago. When the drugs are used together, as they often are, they can cause hyperkalemia, translated it as a very high potassium in your blood. Super high levels of potassium then can send your heart into deadly arrhythmias. The drug DUO can also trigger dangerously low blood pressure and kidney failure that could leave you on dialysis. Now, that that, that should be enough for the FDA to warn the physicians about that. But that's been enough for the rest of the world. Uh, European drug authorities have issued warnings about the medication combo. The Canadian uh, version of the FDA has issued warnings. The Canadian Heart and Stroke Foundation issued a national press release warning. Uh, But while the rest of the world has sprung into action, Dr. Mazzarelli says the FDA has been dragging its feet and allowing thousands of patients to be exposed to these potentially harmful combination therapies. So the FDA, in fact, just recently rejected a petition for a black box label warning for the United States. Um, So translation, the FDA understands that the drug combination is risky and potentially fatal, but they're not going to issue any warnings until enough people are harmed or killed. So let's not wait wait around for that, ladies and gentlemen. Check the generic name of any blood pressure medication you're on. If the name ends in Sartan, for example, Azelstar Sartan, or Urbasartan, it's an ARB. If the drug name ends in Pril, like Benazepril, Captopril, it's an ACE inhibitor. So if you're on these drugs, they should not be combined because everybody but uh, the United States FDA is warning physicians not to combine these two medications. So ACE inhibitors along with ARBs, a deadly combination, ladies and gentlemen. So, Dr. Ron, what you got for me? Well, Well, I think I I see Dr. Weaver. I think I see Dr. Weaver. I'll, I'll...
3: Check it out, and i uh,
2: just... Doctor Weaver, is that you there?
4: It is. I'm so sorry. I got a little held up.
2: Well, we figured that we 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 made the excuse that you had emergency surgery, but now we can be honest.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is Doctor Weaver on the line, and we don't won't we will go in more into medical complications and other things next week. Just want to introduce Doctor Weaver Weaver for the second time on the Rejuvenations Health Radio. Uh, she is a partner in the Joint Replacement Institute in Naples, Florida. Uh, she completed a residency program at San Francisco Bay Area Foot and Ankle. Uh, she's affiliated, with, which is affiliated with the Kaiser Permanente and University of California, San Francisco. Uh, she's been practicing practicing here in Southwest Florida. She's a, has distinguished herself, and as I said, she has treated both my mother and my wife. So I am a little bit. Prejudice toward Dr. Weaver, and uh, with that, good afternoon, Dr. Weaver.
4: Good afternoon, it is. Thanks for having
2: me. Well, we got uh, Dr. Ron down in the Naples office. I'm up here in Bonita, and we were anxiously uh, waiting you. And we have a caller on the line actually that's been on the show that's going to ask you a question later on. But Dr. Weaver, could you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, what you you'd like to do in your profession? and uh, we'll get into some of the common foot and ankle problems, and including uh, exercise and footwear, if that's okay with you.
4: Absolutely. Uh, so, yes, uh, my name is Jamie Weaver, as I introduce myself to my patients. Uh, I am a podiatrist. Um, I focus on foot and ankle. Um, my practice is uh, primarily surgery, uh, but there certainly are a lot of non-surgical um, treatments and modalities uh, that I use. For the most part, patients walk in with foot pain, uh, different types of deformities, bunions, hammer toes, um, arthritis, different parts of the foot. Um, I'm constantly uh, amazed um, and intrigued by the foot and ankle uh, from a biomechanical standpoint, from a quality of life standpoint. Uh, I'm very enthusiastic about my practice and helping my patients.
2: Excellent. What... what? Uh from a surgical point of view, what is the most common surgery that, that you perform?
4: So the most common elective surgery would be bunion surgery, I would say. Uh, and okay. then unelective would be ankle fractures. I see a lot of trauma um, in this area. But, again, from an elective standpoint, certainly bunion, bunion correction.
2: And the most common medical condition uh, that you do treat, like Achilles tendonitis, I don't know, or plantar fasciitis, are they up there?
4: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Plantar fasciitis, uh, by far, uh, is the most common uh, presentation and diagnosis uh, that walks into my office.
2: Okay. Well, uh, Dr. Ron, do you have any questions for Dr. Weaver? Uh, Otherwise, I think, uh, you know, uh, in, in my circle of friends, both in golf and tennis, there's uh, I I run into many many people that have this plantar fasciitis problem, and uh, maybe uh, I would like Dr. Weaver to talk about that uh, unless you have something else.
3: Yeah, no, I, I exactly what she was just talking about, Dr. Weaver. How are you, Dr. Roger You're here and in, in your in your neighborhood here. Yeah, I mean the most common thing that uh, that I typically see with the foot and ankles, or with respect to the foot, is certainly uh, that morning pain relative to uh the the fascial contracture, you know, the plantar fasciitis and and generalized uh you know heel pain relative to heel spurs shin splints from our runners and our athletes and of course the, the the almighty neuropathy is a fairly large uh you know diagnosis uh with a lot of people that come in too, for very for a variety of reasons. Uh so yeah, I mean plantar fasciitis is certainly a a great place to start. I know there's a lot of listeners that have this problem and uh, try various tactics to, to remedy it. I know I've had it myself, plus I have heel spurs on both feet, and I've suffered for an eight-month stretch at certain periods to try and uh, get to where I am back today, where I'm asymptomatic. So, sure, let's uh, let's hear it from the expert.
4: Well, essentially why it's so common is that it really does affect everyone. It does not discriminate. You could have a high arch foot, a flatter type foot. You can be young. You can be uh, with more mileage on your feet. It does not discriminate. Uh, You can be a couch potato. You can be a marathon runner. So it really involves and affects everyone, and everyone's got two feet, so that leads to a lot of diagnoses. Um, In terms of plantar fasciitis, uh, from my standpoint, the most important thing is that patients understand what the process is because if they understand the process, the treatment makes sense, and then uh, we tend to have good results and patients move on uh, and enjoy their lives. So um, as uh, Dr. Ron Jr. was talking, uh, the first step out of bed is what we always ask those patients. How is that first step out of bed? And they all cringe, um, seem to have flashbacks of that first morning step, which is very, very painful. And mechanically, the reason that happens is That plantar fascia, it's that thick band on the bottom of your foot. When you sleep, uh, it tightens up and you take that first step and it pulls and tears. So you really want to think of the plantar fascia as a rubber band and you have a rubber band problem. That rubber band is too tight and that's really as simple uh, as it needs to be or complicated as it needs to be. It is a rubber band problem and the rubber band is too tight. And when something's too tight, it pulls and tears. So the treatment is therefore uh, related to loosening up the rubber band and supporting the rubber band.
2: Okay. So so a practical uh, uh, advice for someone that, that, say, plays tennis regularly or uh, is there a prevention? Is there something to do when you get out of bed in the morning? Is there something to do later in the day or post-exercise that you recommend?
4: Certainly. So if you're not uh, dealing with uh, active plantar fasciitis or it's been part of your past but you're asymptomatic, uh, the key is really stretching and warming up the foot and ankle before you take that first step out of bed. Uh, You don't want that to be so jarring on your joints. So simply doing some light stretching, five to ten seconds of light stretching would make a difference with that first step out of bed. Um, And then in terms of throughout the day, Always a good idea to be in good, supportive shoes, arch support for custom orthotics, and okay, to avoid so barefoot. Barefoot walking on our tile and hardwood floors keeps me in business. I'm sure everybody thought it was the pointy-toe shoes, but I guarantee you it's the hardwood floors and tile.
2: Wow, that's an interesting fact. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're going to earth, if you're going to uh, connect to the... Uh, to the earth and to the to the surface. You want to do it on, I guess, in the sand. Uh,
4: beach walking it is I'm a, certainly a fan of. That really is going to work all the muscles, the ligaments. Um, so as long as you're asymptomatic and stable, beach walking is acceptable and a great form of exercise and strengthening and in a way physical therapy. But at the same time, uh, there is there is a, a balance there in terms of barefoot walking on the sand. But we're here in Naples. I think everyone listening has worked hard uh, to be here in Naples. So my priority is, is certainly allowing my patients to enjoy a good uh, barefoot walk on the beach, maybe not every single day for six miles, but certainly enjoying what Southwest Florida has to offer.
2: Excellent. And once you develop the condition, uh, I, I've heard of people getting steroid injections, laser treatments, uh exercise treatments, putting them in a cast or in a boot? Uh, Is there a general uh, uh, program, an algorithm, that you use with people with plantar fasciitis? fasciitis?
4: Absolutely. My office has a very clear protocol on how we handle first-time heel patient visits and subsequent visits. But, again, I'm going to go back to the mechanical etiology, and, again, it's a rubber band problem. The reason why we have pain is because that rubber band pulls and tears and creates irritation. And our body responds to irritation and micro-tears with inflammation. And that inflammation is what causes the pain, the swelling, and the stiffness and gets folks in the office. So the treatment is twofold. Number one, you want to treat that inflammation so the patient feels better fairly quickly. But most importantly, number two, we need to treat that mechanical problem, that tight rubber band problem, so that the pain goes away and then stays away. Uh, so in terms of the inflammation, that's where the cortisone injections do come in uh, to play. And for the most part, I do recommend a cortisone injection on a first visit, uh, and I would say I do so out between fifty and eighty percent of the time. Patients are willing to do that, and uh, I would say greater than 90% they're happy with that decision. It's never quite as bad as what they think it's going to be. Uh, So managing the inflammation is important.
2: Okay. Um, And orthotics. Now, we're not talking about uh, the gel gel in uh, Dr. Scholl's. We're talking about a custom orthotic. Am I right? Correct, correct.
4: In terms of over-the-counter orthotics, but uh, you know, certainly every patient, everybody listening uh, does not need to see a physician for this um, in terms of uh, art supports and orthotics. Uh, in terms of over-the-counter, I am a fan of more sports stores, like a Sports Authority or a Dix. Uh, they have brands called Full Feet, Super Feet, um, Spanko, But I'm not a fan of the Dr. Scholl's. Those tend to be fairly flimsy. And I'm, uh, I get a lot of patients who spot those who still wind up in my office. So if somebody wants to do something over the counter, I would stick with athletic stores. They're going to have something that's a bit more durable and sturdy. Um, and then in terms of custom orthotics, certainly something that I offer in my practice, and it offers the benefit of a customized uh, level of support. And from a financial standpoint, it really pays uh, for itself. It's just uh pain for those over-the-counter inserts up front.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Well, another problem that I see because I'm, you know, I'm here and either golfing or playing tennis is ankle pain. Uh, and either coming from a trauma or just, I hear people complain about their ankles all the time. And I try and get them down to your office. Uh, but, uh, do you have any general uh platitudes any general advice for people that uh, have ankle pain do you recommend supports do you rec- again i'm sure you know warming up is is important and stretching uh but do you see just people just complaining of ankle pain without uh, a a anatomical uh, problem Uh cer- certainly
4: the ankle is is a large joint it, it absorbs quite a bit of our weight-bearing pressure, there's also some very large tendons that uh, run across the ankle joint on the inside, the front, and the back, namely our Achilles tendon. So with ankle pain, without any history of trauma, a lot of times it's soft tissue, uh, whether it be old lingering ankle sprain uh, symptoms, uh, different types of tendonitis. Uh, and again uh, i like to focus on infl- inflammatory uh symptoms and then mechanical problems and if there's ankle pain uh, and there's no history of trauma then likely there's something mechanical going on and when we talk about the foot and the ankle when we talk about mechanics we're recreating those mechanics with each step we take which each with each pivot uh to swing the golf club uh golf uh, club with each pivot uh to serve our tennis ball so that's how the foot and ankle really is about repetitive trauma. And when it comes down to it, having good support in terms of good shoes, arch supports, stabilizing the foot, creating a solid foundation will only uh, benefit you in an upwards fashion in terms of the ankle, the knee, the hip, and the lower back.
2: Excellent advice. Dr. Weaver, I have a patient uh, from New Jersey he has a question for you. I don't know whether we'll be able to answer it. I think it's about foot drop. Uh, Okay. Nettie, did you want to ask that question, please?
4: Yeah, is there anything that could be done for foot drop? Doctor? Absolutely. Uh, The most important part of foot drop would be identifying, again, the mechanical mechanical reason why you have foot drop. Do you have foot drop because of a tendon tear, because of a weakness? Um, Is it a nerve problem? Is it a musculoskeletal problem? But that's really the first step. And based on that information, um, treatments for foot drops would include anything from bracing uh, to keep the foot at 90 degrees because, as you know, the issue with foot drops is that the big toe tends to catch when you're walking and is going to predispose you to fall. So the purpose of bracing is to keep that foot at 90 degrees Uh, to prevent such falls. Um, From a uh, physical therapy standpoint, if there's a weakness component, physical therapy can be used to regain strength in a muscle so that it no longer uh, is weak, leading to foot drop. Uh, And then in more complicated or neurological situations, we do have the option of different types of tendon transfers surgically so that we can create uh that stability that is lost uh and causing the foot drop
2: Is that thank helpful you. Okay yes, good thank, thank you Dr Weaver Dr Ron
3: Yeah, and and as Dr. Weaver was saying, I mean, there's certainly a foot drop a lot of times could be associated with stroke. It could be certainly a neurological disconnect. And then, of course, Dr. Weaver, I guess you would talk about an an AFO or what they call an ankle foot orthosis, is basically holding the foot in position so someone doesn't stumble upon themselves because they no longer have the uh, neurological connection to the muscles to bring the foot up. Uh, out of the person's way as they take their stride. So then, you know, they're, uh, you know, for me, foot drop tends to be a huge concern, a huge red flag uh, if it isn't just uh, directly relative to a fracture or something like that that's uh, in the orthopedic realm and not the, the neurologic realm.
4: Correct. That, that, that's the most important distinction to be made with foot drop is is, is why is the foot dropping. And then treatment courses are fairly, are fairly clear. But etiology is is certainly the most important, as Dr. Ron Jr. mentioned.
3: The other thing, uh, back to plantar, plantar fasciitis, I was going to ask Dr. Weaver, and last time she was on the show I mentioned, I see a lot of people and a lot of catalogs now have the dorsiflect, I don't even know the appropriate name, the sock that you can wear at night that pulls those toes back so you don't get that... Uh, relaxed effect or collapsing effect of the foot, getting that rubber band, tightening you know issues. What do you think about those type of nighttime stocking type wear uh, appliances?
4: Absolutely. The night splint is a enormous component to treating the mechanical problem. So first-time heel visit patients do uh, get a night splint in my office, and the purpose of that night splint, as you said, is to keep the foot at 90 degrees so it does not relax and that rubber band does not tighten up, therefore improving that first step out of bed first thing in the morning. I do find that many times uh, patients are not able to tolerate the night splints throughout the night, and I can't blame them. Uh, I've tried them myself, and they can be uncomfortable. So whatever use someone can get overnight, I'm happy with. But it certainly can also be used during the daytime if somebody's watching a sporting event, reading a book, working on the computer, any period during the day when someone is going to be off their feet for about 20 minutes, it can still be valuable. So for those patients that don't tolerate it at night or prefer to sleep, (laughs) um, using it during the day is also beneficial. So you have to balance. Sleep is important. Rest is important.
3: And How how about, like, besides the surgical realm, um, in your practice, you know, even with respect to Hillspurs, there's tech there's terminology out there and, and uh technology known as shockwave therapy. There's obviously red light cold laser therapy, there's the strapping and taping techniques that a lot of athletic trainers employ, uh as well as podiatrists. Um what's your thoughts on some of those uh, those realms when it's not a, a surgical repair type of issue?
4: Uh yes, they uh The laser option, the shockwave option are all out there. I do have a few colleagues that I know have used the laser in the office and are very pleased with the results. It's not something I offer, but I'll be honest, I had a conversation with them uh, a few weeks ago, and it was something I wanted to look into to give patients an option uh, when symptoms are not resolving as quickly as we'd like. Uh, with that said, I would say at least fifty percent of patients who come in with heel pain initially are a hundred percent better within two to four weeks. Uh, it's really the that ten percent, that fifteen percent, where symptoms linger past the four week mark, when these type of modalities would be used. In terms of the shock wave, uh, that's not something that I offer in my office. Uh, I haven't found. Um, a need for that in terms of getting patients uh feeling better ultimately but i do know that it's out there and i'm certainly a fan uh mostly of patients getting better so if that's something that a patient wanted to look into it's certainly worth worth considering uh, you know effectively the shockwave therapy uh you know beats up uh the plantar surface with the calcaneus where the plantar fascia rubber band attaches to with the goal of restarting the natural healing cascade. So it's a way of really inducing trauma to try and restart, again, the natural healing cascade. And whenever we talk about inflammation, uh, inflammation gets a bad rap. Uh, with that said, inflammation is the first phase in healing. So inflammation is, is our friend. Inflammation just needs to organize and move on to healing. And in these types of instances with plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, um, uh, et cetera, that inflammation sticks around and becomes chronic. And that's when it's not helpful. So some of the mechanical treatments are about restarting that healing cascade, uh, which also can be done using the PRP injections which have been uh, made more popular thanks to professional athletes. Uh, The PRP, effectively, we draw the patient's blood, we spin it down, uh, and we re-inject the uh, plasma-rich cells into the affected area uh, to effectively concentrate uh, healing potential uh, to, again, restart that healing process uh, and... And uh, allow patients to feel better and we do use uh, Arthrex here in this office we like to support our Naples uh, businesses so Arthrex is uh, our provider for that service
3: gotcha yeah I'm glad you mentioned that I know that's become uh, very popular a lot of patients have talked about that
4: I've had excellent results with that Uh, unfortunately that's not covered by insurance so that can be a bit pricey but uh, I've yet to have anyone uh really regret um that out of pocket um, bruise for the results uh that they're getting in the office
3: what uh for our listeners uh, I know there's a range but how how expensive is it for someone that would just want to have an idea uh to have that done if it's uh you know something done in your realm in the foot
4: i I would suspect um that, that you're gonna you're gonna find that between 500 and, and 800, I would suspect, uh, and typically a single injection is sufficient for PRP. I, I've not had to use more than one injection uh, on any patient uh, with PRP.
3: No, that's good. That way, people have an idea that it's not totally astronomical. It's something that's uh, you know very affordable for most people that are really suffering. As an option, even though it's not not covered by insurance, it's good that way. Listeners have some some idea. Um, and for uh, I had a, a client come in the other day with specifically with respect to heel spurs, and they had asked, "Do, do podiatrists uh, do you normally consider doing a surgical procedure on a heel spur?" Because I really didn't know the answer to that. I didn't think so, but I said I would ask you.
4: I. So, no, certainly when we see heel spurs on x-rays, that's not something that uh, uh, points us in the direction of surgery. Uh, You know, maybe once a year I have a patient who has such a significant heel spur and has had chronic plantar fasciitis and has been unsuccessful with physical therapy, cortisone injections, night splints, orthotics, all of these things that have been asked of them and they deliver, and they're still unhappy. If I'm going to go in surgically to release the plantar fascia, release the rubber band, because remember the rubber band is what's causing the bone spur. The rubber band is tight and it pulls and tears where it attaches to the bone. When the bone's irritated, bone only knows how to do one thing, make more bone. So that's how the spur comes to be. So again, it really comes down to that rubber band. It is a rubber band problem uh so again not to get off a uh, point if i'm going to go in surgically and release that rubber band i am going to uh i am going to clean up that spur uh to give that a better contour and a lot of times if you have a spur that is that gnarly you're going to have a lot of inflammatory a lot of scar tissue There's are just going to be for lack of a better word a lot of gunk that's surrounding that area that is just uh, causing unhappiness.
3: Gotcha.
2: All right, so Dr. So, Weaver, I
3: mean, you... just for
2: our listeners, that PRP is, uh, just so we can translate it for them, is platelet-rich plasma, and it does correct. have growth factors associated with it, with it correct? Correct. And and uh, so they would have their blood drawn, it would be centrifuged, and then the platelet-rich plasma that separates out would be the... The the part of the uh, blood that was drawn to be re-injected into them. Correct. So my question would be: so that's platelet-rich plasma, which uh, is new for me since I retired uh, ten years ago. But we did a lot of prolotherapy during my career in pain management with the uh, dextrose solution, B12, etc. Is that uh, still a part of uh, uh, treatment? To, you know, because we, as you said, we are. Inflammation could be our friend if we could control it. Is that still part of the treatment program?
4: That's still something that I will consider with patients. Um, I did that on a fairly regular basis a few years ago uh, because from a financial standpoint, that was more affordable for patients in terms of injections and patients who had failed cortisone injections. It works especially well on the Achilles tendon where we don't like to use cortisone, um, with that said, it's not something I've used uh, recently in my practice um but I would certainly be open uh if I had a, the right patient uh to offer that possibility. There's a number of compound pharmacies in the area that can um, uh, can make that uh for me and like i said it it's a good option from a financial standpoint because a lot of the injectable out of pocket as we spoke, are are quite pricey. Whereas for the prolotherapy, say I was charging uh, less than a hundred dollars per injection, which for a lot of people is a lot easier to uh, to swallow.
2: Excellent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking with Dr. Jamie Weaver. At, uh, she's located at one two five zero twelve fifty Pine Ridge Road and Suite two zero three, I think. Uh, in Naples, Florida, and her phone number there is 239-261-2663. If you care to have a consultation uh, with Dr. Weaver, she can be reached at 261-2663. This is the second time on Rejuvenation Health Radio, and she always gives us a wealth of information. So, Dr. Weaver, a few things that I... Do we do you do you still see Morton's neuroma or do they still call it a Morton's neuroma now as a cause of foot pain?
4: Absolutely, I do get that uh in my office. I do see that presentation and it's fairly classic. Uh with Morton's neuroma, uh, you have a deep ache in 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 the ball of your foot per se. Uh, m- many times you have some numbness and tingling in the toes. Uh, And basically with that, uh, you can clinically uh, uh, diagnose the patient with a history and certainly an exam with an ultrasound where you can see the neuroma uh, is helpful. But, but yes, I do see that. Uh, That's very common, especially um, uh, when somebody is having to wear a tighter type of shoe. Um, Patients with bunions, uh, Taylor's bunions, Uh, With time and mileage, bunions tend to get larger, so your forefoot gets wider, but you don't adjust your shoes. So a lot of times patients are comfortable in their shoe gear, and then all of a sudden they present with these new symptoms. And just having uh, the forefoot of the shoe applying a little bit of extra pressure can be enough to irritate that nerve. Uh, and create those symptoms. So a lot of times, again, we want to look at uh, the mechanical problem and the inflammatory problem. Is the Morton's neuroma is a inflamed nerve? Why is that nerve inflamed? Ninety-nine percent of the time, there's something mechanical going on. What, in terms of the structure of the foot, is getting us to this point? Because uh, you need to understand both to have short-term and more importantly, long-term. Uh, results
2: excellent Doc, Dr Weaver uh we're closing in on 1 hour uh, the last time you were on you recommended some shoes and I did not make a note of it uh you recommended some casual wear and uh maybe some maybe we can uh close by just some general uh advice to our listeners about how to take care of their feet what type of shoes to wear and so forth to prevent some of these problems.
4: Absolutely. I I recommend uh, I send my patients to in Naples, uh, to Snyderman, and uh, North uh, to Foot Solutions at Corkscrew and 41. And both of those establishments uh, understand foot deformities, understand foot pathology, pain, and how shoes affect that. So it's important from my standpoint that patients are educated as to their feet, their biomechanics, and then what shoes work best for them. And at those establishments, all of those questions will be answered and the patient will be educated. Um, so I like patients to start there, educate themselves, and then it's easier to branch out. Um, in terms of brands, uh, I'm a big fan of Brooks sneakers, uh, Naot comfort fin sandals are very good, very supportive, especially here in Naples, Southwest Florida. You want to have open toe shoe options. In addition, Ufus, O-O-F-O-S, is a sporty sandal that is very comfy, very cushy, but extremely supportive. It's an interesting dynamic. I'm not sure how it works, but it does. You can get those at the foot solutions I spoke of, and I know Fit to Run has them as well, which there's a store in Naples. And somebody mentioned to me that there's also a store in Coconut Point Mall. I haven't laid eyes on it, but uh, that could be possible as well.
2: Okay. F That is O-O-F-O-S.
4: Correct, correct. In, oh, right. in my family, we wear those shoes in the house. Those are our house shoes. That way we're all in supportive shoes, not barefoot. But at the same time, they're only in the house, so they stay clean and tidy. And then we have our outdoor oofus.
2: Excellent. That's great advice. Well, we'll, well, we will bring that up again in, in later shows. Well, Dr. Ron, I think, again, Dr. Weaver has given our listeners a, a lot of good information. And uh, do you have anything else before we uh, let her loose?
3: No, I mean, that, they're the basics I wanted to cover because that, that is plantar fasciitis, heel spur, we didn't touch much on uh, we didn't get the shin splints, but I mean those are the things that uh, that I you and I both see all, you know and have seen all the time, and just the questions of what you said shoe wear is always a, a question. I thought it was good she brought out about walking around the home because my kids never have shoes on. Uh, I don't feel comfortable walking on uh, hard water or tile floor whatsoever without at least a sandal support or something like that personally. And then the other last thing I was gonna. As Dr. Weaver, just some of the things that you and I have done with patients like uh, using a golf ball, tennis ball, while they're sitting uh, on the couch to massage that rubber band that fascia under the foot, using a, a frozen water bottle to cool the tissue and roll that back and forth for people that come home from tennis their feet are a little sore. They don't have quite an outright symptomology, but they ache. You know, I know that happens with me sometimes when I take my dress shoes off, even though I wear what I like to think is a pretty good orthotic Um You know, sometimes I'll come home from work and my feet ache a little bit. So, just uh, from a preventative management point of view, like you just asked her for footwear, uh, just kind of to wrap up if there are any any things like that that I just mentioned that uh, she finds as handy little tricks to help manage things. Again, on the natural realm, through you know, that would be more massaging, stretching, and of course, there are some strengthening exercises people can do with thoroughbands and whatnot to pull their toes back to strengthen some of the surrounding musculature, uh, you know, within the calf, the shin, and the, and the forefoot and ankle as well. So that was that was kind of my last thing just to touch on since that's some of the things you taught me and that we've used in the office here as recommendations. So I wanted to ask Dr. Weaver if there's any, anything, um, you know, out of those thoughts that she recommends just as a quick quick thing to add in.
4: That's a great addition. The tennis ball, foot roller, frozen water ball, all those are good options. Um, And when we spoke about first early morning stretching, the key to stretching is to, again, the hallmark of plantar fasciitis is that pain after inactivity with the first step. So you start with stretching. uh, You take off your night splint, and then you do your stretching. And then before you take a step out of bed, The tennis ball uh, foot roller works very nicely. And then going into a nice pair of Ufus really makes that first step out of bed more comfortable. And then throughout the day, if you've been sitting down for a lunch, you had uh, some work at the computer uh, using the tennis ball at that time. Again, the key is to wake up that rubber band, loosen up that rubber band. So again, the tennis ball, the golf golf ball, I think it's probably not for everybody. That can be a little bit firm. But for some patients, uh, that's exactly what they need. So that would be a personal choice for patients, golf ball versus tennis ball. But, but yes, having that under your desk, um, in the passenger side of a car, uh, if you have a long drive, or on the airplane when you're traveling. Uh, if you're fighting plantar fasciitis, a lot of our patients are traveling all over the world. And when they go on a plane, that's the most likely time for them to recur because they're sitting in air terminals they're sitting on the airplane so using a tennis ball to warm things up uh, with the rubber band is excellent as well so thank you for that reminder yeah.
3: and how about one last thing that just came to mind how about those half moon uh, like it's like a plastic shell people put in their bathroom while they're brushing their teeth and you can actually just stand on those i don't know the name for them but i've seen them and uh, i know a few people that actually use those Uh, or or while they're just standing, maybe brushing their teeth at the sink, it really gets a a nice stretch and and really enhances that arch. It's another little thing. I don't know if you've ever recommended those for, you know, when people are in the kitchen or any of that type of thing.
4: Absolutely. That helps with stretching the Achilles. The Achilles is also a rubber band that attaches to that heel, which adds the plantar fasciitis. So uh, that's actually exactly what I do. I don't have a device, but I do the runner's stretch whenever I brush my teeth so that I know I'm stretching my Achilles at least twice a day every day, sometimes three times a day. So stretching the Achilles is is certainly important, and and I find that I try to uh, have patients find a way to do those things so it doesn't feel like homework or another thing you're doing. So by doing it while I brush my teeth, I'm accomplishing two things with one task as opposed to taking time out of my already hectic day and doing assignments that Dr. Weaver gave me. So uh, that's a great way to incorporate stretching. It also can be when you're making your morning coffee, um, how you read your morning newspaper. Uh, I ask patients to simply find a moment in your day where you can hold this position and still accomplish another task that you do every day. And that's a great way to keep uh, patients um, consistent and long-term uh,
3: results with those good habits. Super, very good. Well, that was that was the the things that I had uh, as the tail end of the show here, just to make sure we touched. Only because you're the expert. We just have some concepts that we've used and articles I read in my literature uh, that seem that seem viable. But it's always good to get uh, get your twist on it. And sometimes there's just a lot of things out there that. I haven't seen or have any knowledge of just because it, it's targeted toward the people who focus on caring for the feet, which is not necessarily uh, my whole focal point or whatsoever. So I'm glad to get confirmation. Our listeners get to hear that too, that some of the basics that have been used for years are uh, you know, still apropos at this moment in time. So that's great. Well, Absolutely. Weber,
4: anatomy is anatomy.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Weaver. Uh, It's a pleasure having you on. I'm sure uh, our listeners have learned a lot today. And, and dear listeners, if uh, you want to hear this show again, it is archived, and it will be available uh, for 24 hours a day, a half hour after the show ends. uh, If you want to listen to Dr. Weaver, and if you've missed anything about the shoes she recommended or the exercises that were recommended, and we really want to thank her. And give her a big round of applause. And and remind you that she is is, uh, located in in Naples, Florida, on 1250 Pine Ridge Road. And her phone number is 239-261-2663. Dr. Weaver, thank you so much. And uh, we hope to have you back again. I look forward to it. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Dr. Weaver. I appreciate it.
2: Yep. Have
4: a great uh, holiday weekend.
2: Thank you. Same to you, you too. Simon. Okay, doctor. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there winds up another uh, uh, Rejuvenation Health Radio program. I want to thank uh, all my former classmates since I just returned from my 50th medical school reunion in Philadelphia at Drexel Medical University and have been inducted into the Golden Dragon Society there at Drexel University College of Medicine. So I want to thank all of my classmates, all the people that made that uh, reunion a, a, a um, tremendous success. So with that, Doctor Ron, I think uh, another great show. I think our listeners uh, could have learned a lot today, and so did I. And uh, I'm going to go look into a pair of woofus for myself. It sounds like an interesting shoe. And uh, I have nothing till next week. How about yourself?
3: That's it. Another wrap. I appreciate Dr. Weaver coming on, of course, that was excellent. And uh, it's nice to cover some real basic, simple concepts that a lot of people are having trouble with. So everybody have a great week. Have a great holiday memorial weekend, and uh catch you next time. Doctor Ron and Doctor Ron. I've left the building. Thank you for
1: listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on radio.com See you next week Ciao